right, you guys may be seated. So in your, if you're following along in your printed liturgy, you're going to see a different text than what we are actually going to cover today. So Weston was planning on being here this morning and had the liturgy printed, had everything planned out. And so we had to make some quick changes. And so we had talked about this for some time. We knew this was coming. I had been thinking about maybe just picking up in Hosea or wherever we were in the Minor Prophets, but the more he and I talked about it, we decided we would take a different approach whenever we knew that Lindsay would go into labor. So today, rather than picking up in Hosea, I have an insert in your handout, if you have it, that has our text for today, but we'll also have the text on the screen. Um, what, what I have decided to do today is to walk us through some of the things that we are teaching our kids and the things that we do over there. It's very applicable to us as adults as well. So let's begin by reading our scripture for today. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. And I'm covering a big spectrum of text here, so there's a lot that we're going to actually read, and it serves a purpose, but there's one main nugget within that text that we're going to spend most of our time. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. That is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetedness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. 
Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetousness, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is the word of the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but when I sit down and read text like this, or really just any text within Scripture, we could just sit here and read Scripture all day long, and like, that's enough. Like, we could come here and just read Scripture. We could just read from the Bible, and that is so good. That is healthy. That is filling. That is inspiring. Because when we read through the scriptures, it is living and active, and it comes to life within our being and produces within us a love that we can live out. For me, it produces an awe of Christ and who Christ is. So, so good to just sit here and read. I know that was a lot of text, but it was so good to read that and to have that echoed through this room. So today I want to walk us through the direction we are headed with our family ministry. That is the ministry of teaching our parents and teaching our kids. However, everything we're going to talk about today, it applies to us as singles and to couples without kids and is also something we may implement as a unifying learning experience across our faith family. Over the last several months, Diana and I have been teaching the kids during the main sermon. You guys notice we dismissed the kids today. Kids, sorry, didn't miss, it, miss you. You're, you're actually going to maybe participate, hopefully. We'll see if, you, if you're up for it. So we have established four areas of primary focus in this teaching. So our primary discipleship objectives, I'm just going to read some, some things that we've scripted. It says, Covenant Shreveport's primary objective is to offer supplementary learning to the child, which reinforces learning carried out by the parents. We believe parents are the primary disciple maker of the child, and the church simply affirms and furthers the teaching of Jesus and lifestyle of a Christian. 
just taking place in the home. So our objective is fourfold. First and foremost, for us to learn Jesus. Learn who he is, his behavior, his character, and how we grow in Christ-likeness. Because of this, our primary texts for teaching are found within the Gospels. So on any given Sunday, we're reading text from the Gospels, and the kids love to act out these scriptures. So we, one week we read about Jesus walking on water, and the kids were acting like they were walking on water. And a matter of fact, a few days later, we were at the YMCA pool, and May, my five-year-old, comes up and says, Dad, help me walk on water. I picked her up and helped her walk on water. And then I let go, and she fell. I was like, why don't you have faith, little girl? And uh, so it, th- these things stick out. Like, they stick out in the kids' minds. Like, so many times later in the week, like, things that we've acted out stick out for the kids, and they say things. It's so much fun to hear them regurgitate portions of Scripture. It's not verbatim. It's not, they don't give me the Scripture reference. I'm not worried about any of that. I want the truth of Scripture and Christ in their heart. I want us to learn Jesus. As as the title of our sermon is today, it's Imitators of Christ. We want them to imitate Christ. Second is to know true doctrine. We use the New City Catechism to teach foundational truth in which your child will build their worldview and decision-making paradigm upon. This is also a great resource for us as adults. So catechism is simply a question and an answer. A question and an answer. So kids, somebody, somebody answer this question for me. What is God? Say it loud. What is God? Maddox in the back? Creator of everyone and everything. What is God? God is the creator of everyone and everything. How many persons are there in one God? Which is? There are three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what's cool about the New City Catechism is in their app, they have um, a kid's version that makes the text a little bit easier. It condenses it down, but it has a, a fun little song. Anybody can sing the song? How many persons are there in one God? Who, who wants to try to go at it? That's me, my, my five-year-old. She's singing, there are three persons in one God. So there's these fun little songs, and so it's fun to just sing these things, and, and it just puts this foundational truth within their hearts. And it's something that we can do as adults, too. It's so good for me to go over these foundational truths within those catechisms. Now, there's a bunch of catechisms, but what we do is we focus on one main catechism for the month. Let's not get overzealous here. Let's just focus on building our core beliefs. And so that's what we're working to do. And then the third is to have a heart for the world and the spread of the gospel. So we use Operation World's Pray for the World Guide to introduce us to various countries and the specific spiritual and physical depravity of the, that that country is faced with. 
and then we pray for them. So there's a guide that is, is put out by Operation World. I, I love it. Um, I, I worked for a missions organization for about 10 years. We, we worked in 14 different countries. We recruited teams that would go over and serve um, missionaries around the world. And um, in that time of my life, I developed a heart for the nations and praying for the nations and, and bought this resource and began to just pray for the world. And so we want to cultivate a life of prayer within our kids, but also at home. We want to cultivate this life of prayer. And so one of the more recent adaptations of that is, is called The Window on the World. It's an Operation World Prayer Guide specifically for kids. And every Sunday, one of the kids gets to go to this big map and point to a country that they want us to pray for. So kids, would anyone like to come pick out a country? Any volunteers? Guys, y'all are chomping at the bit to do this whenever uh, we're over there by ourselves. All right, May, come out. Come up and pick a country. So the one that we had been using has every single country in the world. This one, this one is a little more condensed, so just pick, pick one of the red ones or the orange ones. Can you pick one of those? So you want to do Russia? All right, so we're going to do Russia. So in that setting, we're going to pray for Russia. And, and the kids are much more enthusiastic than they are right now. I think, you guys, you adults are just intimidating. Is that what it is, kids? All the adults are too intimidating. Yeah, they intimidate me sometimes too. Um, all right, so we are going to do Russia. Let me find that page real quick. And this is a great little resource. It tells you about the country. We don't spend a ton of time reading about the country. We read a little bit. But in this particular guide, it gives you two things. It says you can thank God for and you can ask God for. So in learning about this country, we're going to say to help you pray for Russia, you can thank God for Russians who followed Jesus even when they were put in prison. Churches and Christians increasing in number. And we can thank God for the many Bible translations completed in the translations and in process into the many languages of Russia. And then we can ask God for, for people in Russia who feel hopeless to discover a new hope in Jesus. We can ask God to give faith to Christians when the future seems so uncertain. For young people to follow Jesus instead of chasing false teachings, money, and pleasures. For good Russian pastors and Christian leaders for the churches and ministries in Russia. So we begin to pray for this country. And we want to develop this within our kids to not just think about us and where we're at today, but to think about the world around us. And that God uses us as ambassadors to go out into the world. And we can actually do that here in our homes by praying for these countries. We want you and your children to have a life of prayer. Not just praying for the countries, but also praying for your neighbor. Praying for your family. Praying for the hurt. Praying for the sick. Whatever it is that their little heart has on it like that's what we want to pray for that's good and then fourth we also learn about past heroes of the faith and foundational church history including old testament figures and how we can be imitators of christ ourselves 
through simple obedience. So one of the guides that I've been using for that, it's, uh, it's a Voice of the Martyrs book um, called Extreme Devotion. Now, some of these are pretty extreme, so we don't really get into all of them. Um, but I spend time picking out ones that I feel are applicable, that are fun to learn about. Um, there's also times where we're pulling Old Testament figures and biblical figures, and we're talking about some of the great things that they have done. And so the goal here is to give examples of things that people have done to, to again, know that you can actually walk in that same obedience. So listen to this pretty cool story. Um, this is Eastern Europe and a guy named Mihai. Mihai's Volkswagen van slowly inched its way closer to the border checkpoint. He anxiously whispered a short prayer. Dear Jesus, please protect your word from being found and confiscated by the border guards. The guards sternly and methodically ordered him out of the van and began their list of questions. What brings you to our country? Will you be visiting anyone here? If so, whom? Do you have any guns? Mihai carefully answered each question, but his heart beat with great intensity. As out of the corner of his eye, he caught one of the guards looking under every seat in his van. Mihai started to get weary from standing so long. Satisfied with Mihai's answers, the guards finally allowed him to enter their country his precious goods successfully hidden from their view. For years, this courageous young courier had smuggled gospel literature into communist nations in Eastern Europe, his secret cargo never being discovered. Mihai was an ordinary man whose extraordinary vision was quite a challenge. He had no legs. They had been amputated almost to his hips, But he was determined not to let this handicap get in his way. Like the Apostle Paul, Mihai knew that Christ's power would be perfected in his physical weakness. After being fitted with metal limbs, he would stuff the literature into the hollow of each leg and then eagerly begin his journeys. How cool is that? That was was a fun one, wasn't it, kids? Yes. Man, there's just, there's so many great stories out there about what people have done for the gospel. And I am convinced that we just don't share those stories enough, even stories in our own life. Like, I think in humility, we need to share stories about what God is doing around us, not so that I can say, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. No, look at what God is doing, look at where God is moving. We need more stories like this. I encourage you to journal. If you don't journal, journal where God has sent you throughout the week and go back and look over that. You'll be, a, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what you find, the great things that God is doing in your life and you're not even aware. So our teaching today will primarily be on the main area of focus, which has been learning Jesus so that we may be imitators of him. You know, I think about my kids. Um, I, I use Tristan as my example. He's my oldest. He's 11. I use him as the example most often because, because he is the oldest. But I look at him and I just say, where did you come from? Why, who is this little man in my house? Why are you here? 
Time just goes by so fast. And I begin to think, oh man, I'm losing him. I'm losing the rest of them. Like, what am I doing with my time? Everything else is folly. Like, I need to just quit everything. Move into the mountains and live off the land. Wouldn't that be great? Some of you are thinking, no. I'm thinking, yes, that would be great. What do I want my kids to be like when they leave my house? I want them to be imitators of Christ. I want them to know him, to walk in him, and for people to look into their life and see Christ. So what is my goal? It is to teach Christ, to teach his life, to teach his behaviors. And that applies to us too. Like if nothing else, like I want us to walk away with who Jesus is so that we can imitate him. So throughout life, we all have mentors and leaders whom we have looked up to. Perhaps you have been blessed with a solid spiritual leader. I've been spiritually coaching people for over three years now, and I think it's safe to say that the majority of us have not had solid leaders in our life that we can learn from. There's a deep need for each of us to rise up to the task of imitating Christ and show examples to those around us as to what that means. For me, my, my personal spiritual leader growing up was my grandfather. He was my, my mom's dad. I have a slide here for you. It's grandpa. I miss him. So David Mahoney, born April 10th, 1925 in Mesa, Arizona, and passed from this life March 16th, 2017, at the age of 91. I hope I live that long. He was a man with an adventurous spirit and a heart of gold. As a boy to, to help make ends meet for his family, he, would, he was a paper boy. I remember him telling me these stories of him getting up early in the still hours of the morning. He would go to the, to the, to the shop and, and begin folding papers. And he would set off on his bicycle to start his route before school. Kids, would you guys like to go throw papers before school on your bike? And then go to school and learn all day? No, we wouldn't want to do that. It would really help your dad. <laughs> he would eventually join the Air Force, where he served as an aviation navigator during World War II. He came from a family with strong Christian roots, which he lived out the majority of his life. Eventually, he founded and operated an RV business named Mahoney's Camperland. I have great fond memories of that. We grew up in that store. His love for God's creation sent him around the country exploring parks and backcountry settings. There is no doubt that my love for the wilderness derived from his passions. I can vividly remember traveling with him and my grandmother as a young boy to areas like the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, Smokies. It was in these settings and on these trips that helped shape my understanding of who a spiritual leader was. Every morning I would see him in the Word, but not just in the Word, but throughout the day. He would take breaks to read, to take in, to listen, to practice solitude, to practice meditation. And in practice, throughout his life, the word flowed from him. That is, when we looked at him, the fruits 
of the Spirit were evident. Whether he realized it or not, I was watching his every move. He inspired me. As the years passed, David would become my first employer. One of his hobbies was to take old Greyhound-type buses and convert them into luxury motorhomes. It was fascinating to see the junk that he pulled into the shop and the beauty that would leave there. He had a knack for quality and placed a high value on excellent craftsmanship. In hindsight, I realize now that was simply his pursuit of Christ. His exercise of patience and his desire to do everything unto the Lord. I remember a burned up hunk of junk being towed into the shop one day. My memory serves me correct. It was this old like 1990s MCI diesel bus. So think Greyhound here. My task was to sand down the old paint strip. Most of it was aluminum, but there was like this one two foot paint strip along the side, the center of the bus, both sides. It's probably a 45 foot long bus. And here I am, 12, 13 years old. My task was to strip off all of that paint. Oh, I hated it. It was not fun. And then when I got done with that, I had to go in and help him tear out everything on the inside and strip it down to the original carriage. But it was through my life experiences with him that I saw a man after God's own heart. I saw an imitator of Christ, an example right before my eyes. I was blessed to be asked to share my thoughts at his funeral in 2017. It was an honor and something I didn't take lightly. And I want to take a moment to read to you what I wrote and what I shared that day. And I want you to see a glimpse of what I saw in him. So this is a tribute to my grandfather. During family gatherings at Grandpa and Grandma's house, we would always gather around to bless the food. Grandpa would always start his prayer by saying, Father... We are so grateful today for your love and your kindness that you've shown us. And then he would urge us to look to Jesus. Grandpa was continuously pointing us towards Christ and living that example every day. So in the spirit of our family gathering, I want to thank you for coming. God has been so good to us to allow us to live with David Mahoney as long as we have. I believe God is sovereign in all things, and the Holy Spirit is continually at work around us. Referring to salvation, Jesus taught that no man can come to him unless the Father draws him. And all that the Father gives him will come to him. When a person is truly saved, it is only because God himself has drawn them. I also believe, as Scripture teaches, that those whom God saves, he conforms to the image of his son. So today I want to honor my grandfather by honoring our Lord. I want to point out a few ways I saw God conforming my grandpa into the image of his son. In generosity, God's word reminds the Christians in Rome that God did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all, noting that God also freely gives us all things. 
Not only did Grandpa faithfully give to his church family and other Christian ministries, he would meet any need that he saw, whether it was a stranger needing help or a family member needing help or, or, or someone not even needing help. He would still help them. He was a very generous man. God's generosity was reflected by my grandfather. In love for his people, the Bible instructs husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Grandpa loved my grandma, Dorothy Mahoney, with all that he was. Every road trip I ever took with them growing up, this love was demonstrated through his behavior and affection towards her. Grandpa loved Jesus, and he loved Jesus' bride, the church. And he loved his family beyond belief. God's love for his people was reflected by my grandfather. In his character, Galatians 5 states that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Each of these are exact descriptors of my grandfather, and it would only take a few hours of spending time with him to notice. When I was younger, I can remember working on his bus to motorhome conversions with him, and even in frustrating times with busted knuckles, he exercised these characteristics. God's character was reflected by my grandfather. My grandfather would be the first to tell you he isn't perfect, but we saw he was being perfected. I remember one time telling him that I appreciated the example that he set for us. His response was simply, don't be like me, but pursue Christ. He was God's workmanship, and according to Scripture, I am confident of this thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. Jesus has overcome the grave and lives forevermore. He is the author and finisher of our faith. My grandfather's faith in Christ was evident to the end. We can all take comfort in knowing that Jesus is faithful to complete his work. Even though God gets all the credit for our good works, he still says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your master. I'm not sure how, but one day as we are gathered around the throne with all the other saints singing hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns, I hope I can lean over to him and say one more time, Thank you for the example in life to pursue Christ. So I don't remember the exact year, but it was during my college years. I was visiting him, and we spoke for quite some time about life and the Lord and other random things because he was always filled with fascinating stories from his life. In that meeting, I looked at my grandfather and I told him, I said, Grandpa, you have been an amazing example for me, and I just want to thank you. I truly desire to be just like you as I grow older and lead the same example that you have given me. Without even skipping a beat, he looked at me with a spirit-filled look of joy, and you know what he said? Justin, no, you don't want to be like me. What you are seeing is my pursuit of Christ and my deep desire to imitate him. Go and do as Christ did. This profound moment changed the course of my life. As I recollect many times with him, 
All I see are the fruits of the Spirit and the life of Christ. I know that that was a lot of story. That was a lot to say. So why do I share this with you? What does this have to do with the direction of our teaching today? It is with this foundational truth of being imitators of Christ that we desire each of you, your kids, as parents, as couples without kids, as singles, to grow and desire to be imitators of Christ. I spent close, intimate time with my grandfather to be so heavily influenced by him. And that is also what we must do for each other. For us to learn Jesus. Remember, that was one of the first points that I talked about. Learn who he is, his behavior, character, and how to grow in Christ's likeness. That's why our primary texts in guiding our kids is the Gospels. So how can we be imitators of someone we don't know? If we leave this church, or if our kids leave the shelter of our home, we want them to go with at least one foundational truth, and that is the life of Jesus and how to live as he did. We need more people living as imitators of Christ for the next generation and to share it. We need more people like my grandfather in the lives of our kids. We need you, church, to rise up and be this imitator. How cool would that be if, say, 10 years from now, one of the kids in the church came up to you and and told you, hey, I've been watching you. And now they're doing what you do, and, and hopefully what you were doing is what Christ did. We are to be examples for those around us, for all of those that are watching, but we don't realize it. So our text, I want to go back and just reread some of this, and then we'll wrap up. And I want to just stop and focus on a few key, key areas of this. So now, this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. In verse 20 and 21, this is where I want us to, to look at. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So there's an assumption here. You were taught about Jesus. You learned the truth about Jesus. You're not going to do all of these things because you learned the truth of who Christ is. This scripture is painting a picture of God's behavior, of things that God does and doesn't do, the things that he would avoid as he did when he lived incarnate as a man on this earth. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deep, deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. 
So we are to go in the likeness of God. And how are we to go? By learning Jesus, by learning him, learning how he behaved, where he went, how he moved. We learn him. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And here it is. Therefore, be imitators of God. As beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Therefore, be imitators of God. Are you an imitator of God? Can someone look into your life and say that you're an imitator of God? And I want to be careful here because, first of all, like we, no one needs to feel any guilt. Like if you say, well, I'm really just not an imitator of God. That's okay. There's hope. It's only through Christ that we're able to do that. It is in Christ's strength that we are able to emulate what Christ is doing and to emulate him. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetous might not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, how you imitate Christ, how you are an imitator of Christ. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, 
singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, to close, how are we being imitators of Christ? I want us to be careful here not to take away like this checklist of things. Okay, check, I'm doing this. Check, I'm, I'm not doing that. Check, oh, oh, that person's over there is doing this. Check, I got that one. This is not a checklist, guys. Scripture teaches us that we are a new creation. We are new. The old is gone. The new has come. It says that God has removed our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh so that we may walk in his ways. So we, out of the abundance of our heart and Christ living in us, with joy we do these things. With joy we abstain from these things. We're gonna stumble. That's our nature. It's okay. That's why we wrap our arms around each other and lock arms and go together in this thing. I have sin. You have sin, we all have sin, but together, as a family, we can be imitators of Christ so that when people look into our life, it demands an explanation. It demands, why are they different? What is it that they have that I don't have? I'm over here pursuing money. I'm pursuing things yet I'm not happy and these people are over here with nothing, yet they are so joyous. Why are they different? What sets them apart? For us, we are imitators of Christ and what he has done. Let us go to our great Lord in prayer. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come together this morning and be reminded of you and who you are. God, help us to be imitators of you. We know that we can't do that by ourselves, in and of ourselves. We need your strength to carry us through that. So God, as we leave today, we pray that you will guide us, direct us, Reveal to us in your scripture and give us a joy for that word. The scriptures that you have given us, give us a joy that wells up within us that we desire to read it and to be in it day in and day out. Lord, we love you and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.